I want to pick up from this next in the series. We're in the process of going through a series called Jesus, the miracle of Christmas. Christmas is a miraculous time of year. And today I'm going to look at four miraculous events that happened at the very first Christmas, just like we saw the kids' area. There were four miracles that happened at Christmas time. The first, it was an absolute miracle who came. Then the second part was how he came. The third part was who he came to. And the four, finally, there was a miracle, and the, probably the biggest miracle is why he came. And hopefully at the end of this service, you will understand this, that Jesus came for you. Because the greatest gift that you'll ever get at Christmas is the gift of forgiveness, the gift of hope, the gift of meaning in our lives and the purpose that Jesus offers. So Christmas is a celebration of an invasion when God invaded earth. And that was a big deal. It was a big deal when man landed on the moon, but it was an even bigger deal when God walked on earth. So the first miracle of Christmas happened about 2,000 years ago, and it was when God came to earth. You say, God? Yeah, that's right. I thought we're talking about Jesus, you say. Isn't it Jesus' birthday that we are celebrating? Yes, it is. But Jesus is God. He said it himself. He claimed to be God. That was what put him on the cross. Because he claimed to be God. It wasn't that he was a miracle worker and did miracles. It was that he claimed to be God. That's what got people hacked off. He claimed to be God. Here he says here, John 10, 30. Look at this. We are the same. The Father and the Son. He is in me and I am in Him. We are the same. The Bible calls Him God and He proved talks cheap. Another thing to be resurrected from the dead. Dying on the cross and being resurrected three days later. So much so that the whole of the world recognises that. That's why it is 2015. Historical fact. Everybody saw Him. If there wasn't, all they'd have to do is produce a body and Christianity would never have got off the ground. Everybody saw Him. Even the people that were crucified, uh, that crucified Him. Colossians 1 says this. This is what the Bible says about Jesus Christ. Christ, look at this, is the exact likeness of the unseen God. He existed before God made anything at all. In fact, Christ Himself is the Creator who made everything in heaven and on earth. The Bible says that Jesus Christ created the world. So what does that mean? That means that Jesus didn't just start in the stable. He was way before that. What we are celebrating is not the beginning of Jesus Christ. What we are celebrating is the day that God wrapped Himself in flesh and came as a babe to the earth. This is the first miracle of Christmas that God Himself came to earth 2,000 years ago. It is the most significant event in history. That's why we celebrated it. 
It is a big deal. Jesus Christ, who is God, the reference point for every date in history, it was that important. Nothing else touches that. This is the first miracle. And it was God who came to it. The second one, the second miracle of Christmas is that God became man. He became like one of us with flesh that you could touch. He wore sandals and a robe. He became like one of us, a human being, very familiar with living on terra firma. Look how Philippians phrases this. Christ gave up his place as God and made himself nothing. He was born to be a man and became like a servant. He, when he was living as a man, he humbled himself. Now of all the ways that God could have chosen to communicate to us that there was a God to human beings, he chose to become one of us. Now why did God do that? God did that because he wants you to know him. And he wants us to know about him. He knows everything about you. He knows everything that's ever happened to you. He knows the pain that you've been through, the confusion, the disappointments that you've been through. He knew that you would be here today before you were even born. He knew that in exactly the spot that you chose. He knew that, the seat. And he knows everything that's going to happen in your future. Everything that's going to happen in your future. That's comforting. You were made though for a relationship with Him. You were made to know God. And until you have a personal relationship with Him, not just knowledge about Him, you will feel that there's something missing in life. It'll be like a low-grade rumbling stomach. You know that things, even on the best day, you'll still know that something is missing in your life. There'll be a hole, a vacuum, a slight hang there, you'll know. Oh, you may cover it up with activity. Oh, you may cover it up with food or sport or hobbies, but deep down inside, life won't make sense without God. Have you ever wondered in the quiet moments before you get asleep, when the world sometimes comes crashing in and you ask questions like, where did I come from? Or who am I, really? Here's a big one that many of us think, why am I even here? Is there any purpose to this life? Get up, eat, get in the car, drive to work, work, come home, go to bed, get up, eat, round and round and round. Is there purpose in that? Is there any significance in this life? And then, by the way, how should I live? Should I really care? And then, most importantly, I think every, in fact, I know everybody in this room has thought this. Where am I going? What's going to happen when I die? Everybody thinks about that. Each of those questions, though, depends on the existence of God. All of those questions can be resolved in one simple sentence. 
Because the Bible says you are made to be loved by God. Without God, none of those other questions make a shred of sense. And if you don't understand that you're made to be loved by God, life won't make sense and you will miss the whole point of life. You were made to be known by the Creator and to know the Creator who made you and to have a relationship with Him. And that's what Christmas is all about. The God who created everything came as a child so that we wouldn't be afraid of Him. He came to save us, not to scare us. He came as a human being so that we could relate to Him. He wasn't some, didn't come as some sort of like super cosmic nine foot giant robocop. He came as a human being so we could relate to Him. And that's the second miracle. The third miracle, when God came to earth, He came to ordinary people. I like that. When Jesus Christ was born, He didn't just come to the select few. He didn't just come to the academics of His day to tell them the real, set them straight on the truth or to the privileged class who could afford Him. Or he didn't just come to the religious people. He came, notice first, to the lowly shepherds. The shepherds. Point is, he came for all of us. And the Bible says that although he was the God of the universe, when Jesus was born, he wasn't born in a five-star Ritz-Carlton. He wasn't born in a palace. He wasn't born in a church building. He was born in a barn with smells. The kids are right. With smells. Smells of an animal shed. And the first people who got to visit Jesus were not religious leaders. No popes or pastors or priests. It wasn't royalty and kings who got to see him first. Not political figures of the day, Herod, but the very first people who were invited to see Jesus were the shepherds. And there's a message in that. The Bible says here in Luke 2, the shepherds ran to the village and found their way to Mary and Joseph And there was a baby lying in a manger. In those days, the shepherds were nobodies. They were kind of like the bums, the labourers. Very, very bottom of the blue collar worker in today's lingo. And that's who Jesus invited to come to see him. Point is, Jesus is available to all. With God, there is no partiality ever. And the more godly you are, the less partiality there will be with you. The Bible says here in John chapter 1, verse 14, Christ became a human being and he lived here on earth among us. Circle among us. He didn't live in some distant, highfalutin palace, which would be, we would typically think he would do, where you couldn't get close to him. 
He lived among us. And that's the good news at Christmas. God meets us where we are. He is not distant. He's never wanted to be distant. He isn't distant from those whose hearts are towards him. And you may think, of all the things I've done in my life, I could never have a relationship with God because He's so holy. I could never do that. But friend, could I tell you humbly that you are wrong on that one? God says, I love you, I know you, and I want you to know me. And that's a miracle. That you would stoop so low that you'd be born as a baby in a barn so He's accessible to everybody. Now the greatest miracle of all about Christmas was not how Jesus came. It wasn't even who he came to. But the greatest miracle of all is why he came. He came for our benefit. He came for you and for me. Now listen to these verses where Jesus is explaining why he came. Why is very, very important. Why did Jesus come to earth? First, Scripture. John 18, 37, Jesus says, I was born for this purpose. I came to bring truth to the world. Truth. Truth about what? Truth about God. This is what God is like. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. Not some cockamamie connection in somebody's head about what God is like. Doesn't matter what we think he's like, what it matters is what he's actually like. So he came to tell the truth about God because there's a lot of misconceptions about him, especially in the religious establishment of the day. He says, You miss me, you religious people. Talking to the Pharisees. You've got this legalistic, dogmatic view of me. This is who I am. Second, he came to tell the truth about life because there are a ton of phony, fake philosophies that float around in this world that lead nowhere, that are dead ends. Looks like they're going somewhere, you get down there, ooh, horrible. A lot of dead ends. He doesn't want you to go down dead ends. He tells you the truth of the correct way to get to God and it's through his son, Jesus Christ. He also tells us the truth about ourselves because a lot of people think and say a lot of things about us which are flat not true. To get your head straight, look at what God says about you because he knows you, he made you. Other people have preconceptions. They don't understand. We sometimes don't even understand ourselves a lot of the time. Now if we build our life on faulty foundations that are not truthful, that'll lead to bad decisions because Ideas have consequences. Bad ideas have bad consequences. Good ideas have good consequences. If we build our lives on faulty foundations, it leads to unnecessary pain and stress and waste and a wasted life that God never meant you to have in this life. Jesus said it like this. When you know the truth, it will set you free. Set you free from phony philosophies. Set you free from... So from self-doubt, when you know the God of the universe made you, wants to know you, wants you to know Him, then you'll truly realise your value. 
When you know the truth, it will set you free. What is the truth? The truth is this, you matter to God. That's the truth. You matter to God. That's why He sent His Son. You matter so much that God left His home in heaven. He came to earth in the form of a baby, grew up, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, was resurrected three days later, went back to heaven and now says, come be with me. Come be with me. I want you to live with me for eternity. That's what he says. I want you in my family. That's how much you matter to God. That's the truth. Now, when you know and you follow the truth, life makes so much more sense. John 10, 10 said this, I came to give you life and life in all its fullness. Why did you say that? Because it's a tragedy to go through life and not even know why you're here. It's activity without, or motion without progress. John, uh, 1 John says this, this is how God showed that he loved us. He sent his son into the world so that we could have life. Through who? Through him. That's where the life comes from. So God made you to love you. And for you to know him so that you can love him back. And enjoy that and have a relationship that lasts far longer than your time on this earth. We're lucky if we get 70, 80, 90 years. That's it, tops. That's it. We're done. But Jesus said, no, I've come to give your life everlasting with me in my family. I came to give your life on earth purpose and meaning and significance. You're not here just to take up space. Therefore, that's the truth. Now, Jesus said this, I came to save the world, not to judge it. I came to save, to reconcile the world to my, uh, to, to my father. Then when the angels announced the birth of the shepherds, um, when the angels announced Jesus' birth to the shepherds, they said this, behold, a saviour is born. Not a politician, not a philosopher, not the most brilliant man that's ever lived, but a saviour is born. That'll save you from what? Your sin. Because your sin separates us. My sin separates me from God. So what do I need a saviour for? Well, the Bible says heaven is a perfect place. There's no sadness. In heaven, there's no sorrow in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. And because it's a perfect place, that means only perfect people ever get to go there. Now, if God would let imperfect people into heaven, it would be like earth. <laughs> There'd be nothing special about it. Filled with imperfect people who are selfish, rebellious, and all wrapped up in themselves with sin. And you say, well, if only people, perfect people get into heaven, well, that's a problem because I don't stand a chance. You're right, exactly. And neither do I stand a chance at all. Zero. And that's what Christmas is all about. God said, none of you are perfect. So here's what I'll do. I will come to earth in a human form. And my name will be called Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. 
and I will live the only perfect life that's ever been lived. Then I will die on a cross and three days later, I will be resurrected, showing God's acceptance of my sacrifice, which I put on the cross for your imperfections and your sins. And if you trust me, I will get you into heaven based on my goodness. Because you're not good enough, and neither am I. And that, friends, is the greatest gift you could ever get and ever be offered. And that's the gift that Jesus Christ offers you this Christmas, this gift. You'll never ruin it, you'll never be good enough, and you'll never deserve it. And Romans 3 clearly states that. It says all of us, that's every single person sitting in this room today, need to be made right with God. Question, are you? Are you right with God? If you were to die tonight, are you right with God? It's probably one of the most serious questions I could ever ask. The Bible says here, all of us need to be made right with God. How? By His grace. Okay, how do I get that? It's a free gift. Christmas time. We need to be made free from what? Sin. Our sinful desires. How do we do that? Through Jesus Christ. Not through some self-help, not through some self-improvement, not through gritting our teeth and saying, I'll never do this again, never think this again, never behave like this again. That doesn't work. We need a heart transplant. See, because this is how this works. Many of you have seen yachts. Yachts have something called an autopilot. So if I'm going to go from here to there, I set my yacht on autopilot, set the course, and let it go. Now, if I want to change direction, and I can't get to my autopilot, I've got to get the wheel, and I've got to wail on it and pull it really hard, and oh yeah, I can get the ship to turn really hard because now I want to go this way. But the moment I let go, you know, sometimes lunch comes up and I've got to let go of that thing. The moment I let go, it goes straight back there. And that's exactly how our heart is. Our heart is on autopilot towards sin and selfishness. And no matter how much we try and wail on that thing, eventually, the moment we let go, which sometimes isn't very long, Back over there. What we need is to change the autopilot. We need a brand new heart that doesn't desire the things that we want, that, that we've so wanted before, but wants the things that what God wants. We have a change of heart, then the autopilot is set on God. But that won't happen just by sheer effort. All of us need to be made right with God. Are you? This is God's gift. His grace, which is a free gift. We need to be made free from sin through Jesus. There is no other way to be made free from sin apart from the power of the Holy Spirit working in your lives, conforming you to His image. That's God's gift. Now, I know people that celebrate Christmas every year with glee and sometimes with happiness. 
They put up a tree, they sing the carols, they decorate the house, they do all the things of Christmas, except they don't accept God's free gift, which he offers. Let this be the year when you accept God's gift Unwrap God's gift He's offering you. Forgiveness from your sin. A purpose for living. Your past is forgiven. You have a purpose for living. And you have a home in heaven. Three dimensions. If you trust Jesus. I am not talking about religion. It doesn't matter whether you put a label on yourself as, well, I'm Catholic. Or I'm Jewish, or I'm Baptist or Buddhist. Doesn't matter what you are, we're not talking about religion here. We're talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you want you to know him personally. That's why you are here today. You matter. He's got you here so you can sit here still for a second to tell you, you matter to me. And I have a plan and a purpose for your life. And I came to it 2,000 years ago, grew up, died on the cross and paid for your sin. Your ticket has already been paid for. All you need to do is accept it. Trust me and follow me and we will develop a relationship and I will be with you for the rest of your life and I will guide you, I will comfort you, I will strengthen you, I will encourage you and we will spend eternity together. Would you bow your heads with me? Why don't you accept that gift? Friends, 2,000 years ago, wise men sought Jesus. And I want to word you this Christmas to be wise. And I'm going to pray a seeker's prayer. If you have never opened your life to Jesus Christ and you've never established that relationship, oh, you may know about Him. But do you know Him? Are you right before God? I would invite you to follow me in this prayer and you don't have to say it aloud. God will hear you. He knows every thought you think. Just pray this prayer in your mind with a humble heart. Say, dear God, Thank you for bringing me here today. I've known something was missing in my life. I just didn't really and fully appreciate it was you. Thank you for coming even when I've ignored you. God, I want to know the truth about you. I want to know the truth about my life and myself. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ at Christmas. Jesus Christ, I want to get to know you as my Saviour. I don't understand it all, but I do want a relationship with you. And as much as I know how, today I ask you to come into my life. Please forgive me for all that's been wrong in my life. Today I accept your gift of forgiveness. Thank you. And I accept your gift of peace of mind 
Thank you for that. And I accept your gift of eternal life. Thank you, Lord. I accept your gift of purpose for my life on earth. In Jesus' powerful name. And everybody who loved him said, Amen. Today, some of you have given your house to the Lord for the first time. It's going to be the beginning of an amazing journey. A day and night change. We want to pray for you. I also want to give you a gift of something. A Bible, some notes to help you on your journey, and a little booklet. Today, as we prepare for our offering, our special offering for Selena, I'd like to do two things. I'd like to keep two things in mind. Number one is to just, if, if today you'd like to give something for Selena, would you just, on your envelopes, just mark Selena and drop it in the bucket as the offering goes by in, um, in the song. And secondly, if you've made your a commitment to the Lord or a recommitment to Him today, would you also, on your communication card, drop your communication cards back in the buckets with everybody else. And God bless you as we have a fantastic season together.